Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. And I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related, curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you wanna hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey friends, I'm here again today with my husband. We're doing another episode together. So if you have not listened to the episode before, this is my husband, Caleb. He currently is a, what is your title? Tough to say. (laughs) Manager? Sure. At a paper converting plant? I think my email says production manager production manager and was in the air force minnesota air national guard thank you crew chief of a c-130 i did that and what else do people need to know about you you like fishing oh and you're going to school to be a, a psychologist I mean, that's probably pushing the... <laughs> You're three classes in. That's probably pushing it's the good though. limits of my expectations of myself. But no. My major is currently psychology. <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about? Um, <clears throat> good evening. Okay, good evening. That's my catchphrase. I decided. <laughs> so stupid. I decided that's my catchphrase. Uh, well, you know my new catchphrase, but that's under wraps for a while. Um, I'm interested in the what we were talking about earlier. Boundaries. Yep. Or is that not it? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking earlier about how. I find it difficult as an agriculture teacher. I feel like I feel like there are interesting boundaries between teachers and students. And when you get into the egg teacher, FFA advisor world, I feel like those boundaries are different than if you are a math teacher or something like that. Why? Oh, you just hit me with a why question. (laughs) Well, why do you... Yeah. I mean... Why do you think it's... I think about the students that I'm like... Agriculture. I think about the students that I'm really like close with and tell me like they're... Like ask for relationship advice and tell me about their home life and whatever else. And... I feel like those students that I'm really close with are students that I've connected with, like, through FFA events. Like, going with kids to national convention, you can't really help but, like, get close to them, I guess. I mean, you're on a bus with them for 12 hours, two times within four days. (laughs) I don't know. 
And I feel like there's a lot of events like that where, like, you take kids to a contest and it's just, like, four kids and you and you just end up talking and learning more about them and getting to know their personalities and just want what's best for them. And I don't know, I mean, I had a really close relationship with my agriculture teachers. I would say more so than any of the other teachers in the school. I don't know that it was just because they're agriculture just connected with them. But I did like the content. I think the content's what pulled me into those classes to, like, connect with them. Well, I think common interest is probably a bridge to relationship. But I am curious in Drilling down on it a little bit, I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation. It's certainly one that I've never articulated very well, even though it's something I discuss uh, in the workforce. I just, it's funny that this came up. Maybe it's why it piqued my interest. I just just had a conversation with my staff, my four supervisors, um, who have staffs of four people to tannish uh, on boundaries same thing same issues what are some of the issues I mean let's start there I guess <laughs> what are the issues with getting and it's, I get, it's different well, with like, students for sure but what yeah this week it was a tough one what are the pros because I got pulled into a like a fight between a boy and a girl who were dating and they both told me either side of their story and then it was like what should I do what should I do you shouldn't talk to her she shouldn't talk to me blah blah like it just was like I did I did not need that emotionally to like have to deal with that I don't know so that's like I think that part's difficult I think I mean, I had another instance this week where a student needed some assistance. And that was just hard, too, to try and kind of navigate that. What kind of assistance? Um, Housing. That's a tough one. You know, a student gets kicked out of their their house, and you got to figure out, like, that student had come to me and... I don't know. That kind of stuff is hard. Because you're like, well, they feel... I was talking to another Maria, my coworker, old coworker, and she was saying it's kind of like you're the... You know, and students like you, it's kind of like you're the, the aunt, the cool aunt that your nieces and nephews will tell you stuff that they don't tell their parents or they're not as comfortable like asking advice from their parents, but they go to you. But I feel like there's a lot of like baggage that comes along with that. And I think the other thing that's kind of difficult is like other teachers' perceptions of you as well when it comes to that. I mean, I think you know what my opinion would be on that. What? I will. F word them? That's aggressive. (laughs) Who cares? No, I mean, there is merit in perception. 
That's, I mean, everything's dichotomous for sure. Uh, dichotomous. That's not a very impressive word. It just makes me think of dichotomous key. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's something that you realize as you mature professionally that, you know, regardless of your feelings on company, corporate, or administrative politics, like, a strong network can certainly be played to your advantage. And I think there's an ethical way to go about that and less ethical way to go about that, but... So other people's opinions matter, but... What were your issues at work that you were having that you talked to your dudes about, or your people about having boundaries? I mean, I'm just curious what that looks like in the workplace, in, like, the... Or the... Removing students from a situation, having adults. Yeah, I think a lot of it's the same. Same issues. Um, It's interesting, too. I don't know why I was thinking about this. There's a... I don't know if this is a terrible, like, association that no one will care about, uh, but it's the first one that came to my mind. Like, it's actually kind of funny, like, in a lot of war movies, like, I think Saving Private Ryan came to mind. Is that the one with Tom Hanks? Is Tom Hanks in that one? I think so, but I don't watch war movies because they make me sad. I mean, there's that. (laughs) But I think he plays, like, the officer of the small group of men he's leading and there's this kind of underlying story line throughout the movie that's kind of in the background that like his men don't really know him well like on a personal level Mm -hmm. and there is separation there and so they kind of there's like humorous remarks made through the movie but like I think they try and guess his profession the whole time Mm. I'm probably blowing this. I th- I could be not speaking of the right movie. But the the like association is still good. Like, there's a serious challenge, and I have it. I have it between me and my supervisors, and the staff that still ultimately works for me through the supervisors, the supervisor staff, and the supervisors definitely have it with their staff. I know as I. Climb the corporate ladder, which is stupid, but, you know, as I take on higher levels of leadership, you start to understand some of those dichotomies better about what's best for the organization and putting the, truly putting the organization and the team first versus yourself first, in a sense that you're Sometimes when you're trying to save face for your people or you think you are, it's more about your perception with them. Like, it's maybe more selfish. I mean, that's kind of left turn quickly. Wait. But, yeah, go ahead. Why did the, why did the dude in Saving Private Ryan never tell him? He did. At the, well, I was like, I think at the end, if I'm remembering right, and someone's going to, like, savage me for, like, saying, <laughs> I'm probably combining, like, three different movies. I just remember in a lot of different movies, like, it's a good metaphor for that awkwardness. And I think there's, like, a tender moment, for lack of better words, at the end where, like, he says, oh, I was a school teacher. You know, like, 
before they're perceived like gonna die. Something like that. I think it's been like 15 years since I've seen that movie. So the idea is that you have boundaries still, or that you like don't tell other people out about you so they don't care about you? No. Like there's just a, it's, it's, I think the point is that it's so challenging. It, it's, I, I find a lot of leadership things very, what's the right word? Uh, quantitative? Quantitative. Is that measurable? Uh, if I'm using that properly, which I'm probably not because it's late, but I find a lot of leadership kind of pretty black and white, um, you know, lead by example, uh, transparency, consistency. To me, these are very measurable things, but this relationship element has always, I've always find, found, like I said, incredibly hard to articulate and to get back to like the relationship to the workforce <clears throat> like same, it's kind of funny same thing like I, I told you there was that uh, there's one employee who's was down on his luck with uh, his vehicle and I was giving him rides to work other people were giving him rides to work um, you know and there's a boundary that quickly gets crossed there because you still kind of need to hold them accountable that as a responsible adult you need to find transportation to work mm-hmm. and then just as far as comfort with you know I, I don't know uh, it sounds ridiculous but it's stuff that really impacts production from my vantage point you know like they pal around on lunch for 45 minutes instead of a half hour and the supervisor one of his main responsibilities is keeping everyone you know managing their time properly, managing his time properly throughout the shift. And when you get too tight with your people, it gets pretty easy to a lot maybe multiple layers of analysis here, you know, it gets too easy, it gets too hard to reprimand, it gets too hard to correct inappropriate behavior. Yes. And you kinda seem like a hip <laughs> kinda seem like a hypocrite almost when you yeah. when you need to rein it in. And then, then there's the well what's what's going on here? Yeah, I totally feel like that in the school setting too. And so essentially we had, we, it was my observation, I felt like we had, we just had a pretty big staff turnover at some more entry level positions. We had a lot of new faces and I was really kind of letting people know this is the time to address the small things and make sure everyone has clear expectations and that you know, it's just kind of, let's not miss this opportunity to set the right precedent with new staff members. Sure. Um, that's still a tough one because it's, actually, I think I might have, fl- I, I might have fleshed out the, I thought about this way more this week than I realized. I think, um. It's a good topic. Yeah. It impacts a lot. It's super interesting. Um. I think I did flesh this out a little bit this week, though, when I was thinking about it. <laughs> so the dog, Thanks, dog just jumped off the couch and took the pillow with her. Um, because I've always, you know, especially when you're first 
when you first are leading people in any environment, hmm, maybe that's not even the right approach into this angle. <clears throat> well, I know for me, like just making connections with other teachers and like the more I know even about like my administrators, mm. the better and more comfortable I feel in my position. Like knowing that one of them has chickens now and I can like banter back and forth with him about that or the other one has two dogs that he's had for a year now and like just those little like personal pieces of information that I can get with them Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of nice well there's some let me come back to that because that's kind of like some structure some organizational structure elements that I think I have seen a couple different models work well but back to finish up just a quick thought on um, I think when you when you initially start to lead people the the easy thing to really get people behind you the shit the shallow thing and that sounds bad but the simple the elementary what's the right word I'm looking for the novice leadership move isn't even to necessarily be like you know there's different masks for this this option which is to like really connect connect deeply with your people and try and you know like we're in this together and it's mm-hmm. us versus them and and that's interesting to me because that's always felt that can feel really right and maybe on like a football team or Maybe in certain environments that is a good angle. What I've found in the workforce is that that's a tougher one yeah. to hold to. Because mm-hmm. when you do need to make corrections, people kind of go, you know, oh, I thought it was, you know, all for one and one for all. All for one and... Yeah. Yeah. I probably said that backwards. And Sideways. People are going to be really mad at you. I know. Stuff I'm like saying. pushing <laughs> some like literary favorites. <laughs> People are just gonna be like, this guy's an idiot. Uh, Look beyond that, please, and try just, and hear what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, say something terrible about Great You're, Gatsby now, and I mean, we I'm can just we can finish it. But I think I think that's kind of where you start. Yeah. Maybe, and then you improve from there. And it, this is kind of a good segue. What what I feel like I've kind of parsed out a little bit this week, thinking about some of that as I kind of. Because I, I went into the meeting kind of hard, and we need to separate ourselves a little bit. I actually had a, sl- a slide. I put together a PowerPoint because I'm that guy. And one of the slides was, it literally just said, separation is good. And, like, they needed to rein it in a little bit. They were getting a little too friendly with everyone, and they weren't doing the little things right, which, in my experience, just has sweeping negative effect long-term. And so... A little bit of separation is good, but you gotta you gotta maintain people on your side. And, and when I kind of dug into that with the people in the room, I hadn't really thought it through yet. So of course, on my drive home, I was kind of like, "Ooh, I might have missed there a little bit," because I kind of said, "You know, 
separation is good, and everyone kind of looked at me like, okay, explain further, and I, I kind of didn't. What I, what I think as you mature as a leader uh, in, of any kind, I think the better place to stake your flag in the ground, the better hill to die on, is, is truly a vision, you know, where you get like your vision statement or like your mission statement or like a, what the goals are. Mm-hmm. So you, you make it bigger than the team. And, and changing that verbiage just slightly seems to be able to accentuate, you know, the point that it's not us versus them. It's not the workers versus management or supervisors versus ownership or any... It's like the collective. It's the collective. And it, it's that there's many cogs that all fit together and, and make it work. So now, but to like what you were saying real quick, like talking, you know, your colleagues and the networking, so kind of coming back to where we started, you know, I think I learned some amazing lessons in the military, uh, some guys that were really, it was just kind of a, the culture, and I, I think it's, I think it's right, um, and, it, and it kind of ties a lot of this together that kind of some fundamental principles like I really I tell my guys all the time like and actually one of my heroes and mentors Jeff Wilkins um, name dropping yeah name dropping the big Jay Wilkes <laughs> shout out to Jay Wilkins um, and, and it was something he said all the time and he, and he said it was something his dad taught him and I, and I loved it and I use it to this day and that's I'm going to say verbatim what he said, so excuse the slight curse word here, but he said, you know, you praise in public and you chew ass in private. And that kind of fits into the next step, which is, and it was something as I moved up in rank in the military, I got taught very quickly and reprimanded quickly for actually Chief Milton, funny enough. Um, another mentor, slightly of mine, influential person. Um... <laughs> He was quick to correct me on several occasions and I watched him correct many other people on the spot in front of a group, which in that environment works, that, that doesn't work everywhere. And it completely contradicts exactly what I just said, but <laughs> <laughs> there, there's many styles. But um, that you never complain down the organizational chart. Uh, you know, we need to vent. We mm-hmm. need to sometimes you gotta blow off steam and say negative things to just kind of get them out there and yeah. get them off your chest. And but you want to make sure that's at a lateral level. You want to try to you want to try and avoid going up. You want to try to really avoid going down. Um, and those are kind of two good. I don't know. I feel like I all, like that. All kind of ties together. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's really good. So that's how I, it's funny, I had, you, we were both kind of struggling with some of the same things this And we week. didn't even know it. And I, and I, <laughs> you know, I routinely, I want to get heavily involved with my staff, you know, on a personal level all the time, but, and it, and it feels a little cold, cold hearted to say that 
you know, you don't want to get too close. But I, I think it's less about getting too close and more about what's what's the goal, what's the main objective, what's the vision. I, I think focus, yeah. focus, focusing in on that, really zeroing in on that, and uh, the rest just kind of falls into place a little bit. Yeah. You know, so I think in the, in the classroom, I don't know, what are your thoughts applying kind of what I said? Well, I don't know. I also struggle, um, you know, a couple of the students that I'm close with, I know, like, their support at home probably isn't the greatest mm-hmm. and or is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And so then it feels a little bit like, you know, trying to be that voice of reason for them or that that person that is there does care. I don't know. Yeah, with the with the kids, it's it is a little bit different. I think a little bit. It's I mean, you know, more, there you can't be like you're an adult. Lot. You have to figure it out, or you're yeah. an adult. Like there's an expectation there for you to take care of yourself, where. When they are kids, there is a part of, like, it's kind of our job to take care of them as well. Yeah. No, and that's another really challenging dichotomy. And, you know, there's the, they find the adult that they trust the most to tell Mm -hmm. stuff to. So, and obviously, like, certain stuff, you have a legal obligation to report and whatever else, but, um, you know. Mm-hmm. It was tough, and I I think I think I have gotten a lot better at setting boundaries. I think that very early on in my career, and I've heard this from other teachers too. That like, you look so much like them, you're so close to their age. Like, then it's even harder to like set those boundaries, and not you know like. I don't know. So you you have a student teacher coming. Mm-hmm. Shout out to student teacher. Harley. <laughs> Shout out to Harley. I'm so excited. If you had to sit down with her, and is she going to be on the podcast? She's already been on my podcast. Oh, that's right. Episode right. four. Probably repeat. But like recap student teaching with Miss Wedger. What are you talking? What? You guys are gonna have to like sit down and dissect. Oh yeah, yeah, I think know, so. Your performance. Mm-hmm. Post student teaching. Mm-hmm. So what? What? I mean, if you had, a, if she was asking you this question, like, what are some guidelines you'd give her? Like, I kind of had some guidelines that served me in the military. And now, what are some like rough guidelines as far as getting too close or not? I mean, I feel like if you're questioning it at all, then you're probably, like, need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I it's know. pretty... It's kind of an intense subject in a way. It is. And I, like I said, I think it's so different for other teachers, too, because I know that, like, my best friend, co-workers, they I don't, like... 
I don't think they have similar relationships with students that I do. Do you think that's personality-driven or subject-driven? I think, I think for sure a couple of them it's personality-driven. <laughs> um, and some of them, I think it's just like the nature of the subject, and you don't have, you're not part of an extracurricular that you connect with students and whatever else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you stick yourself on a bus with kids for four days, and you're going to get to know them. And you bring kids to contests once a month, and you're going to get to know them better. And you have a meeting once a month, and you're going to get to know them better. And then you have a pancake. You know, like, there's just all these extra events where you get to know students really well. But I also wonder, like, what is that, like, relationship between, like, a coach and, like, a yeah, I was gonna say, a sports player? You know, because I feel like, like... The football coaches take on the same topic. Yeah, or, like, the cheer coach, or gymnastics coach, or cross-country or whatever else because I mean they are I would say in similar positions and I, I think like from what I've seen I think they have similar relationships with students that I do mm-hmm. so well that's probably good for the kids I mean yeah kind of find where maybe that support mm-hmm. out there yeah no, I think it's good, but I think if you get to the point where you're like, oh, I don't know about this, I don't know if this is right or wrong, I think you really need to take a step back and chat with other coworkers or whatever else, see what they think, and then reassess. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to, like, like you said, it, you know, then you get, if you go to reprimand, reprimand someone, and then they're like, hey, wait, what's going on? I think it's okay, like, if you feel like, like you've gotten too close to students or whatever to like stop say hey wait we need to kind of reset some boundaries these are my expectations of you yeah, I mean at the end of the day you gotta be the adult yeah and and the professional mm-hmm. <laughs> and not their friend mm-hmm. so I don't know though I'm very thankful for like the connections that I have with students and the influence that I have with students um what do you what I feel like you're above average on connecting with them what do you think kind of yeah I think what do you think are some of the qualities that you have maybe personality or otherwise that lead to that what makes you so open to that openness I mean I see a, a little bit of like some fearlessness to open yourself up to that a little bit yeah I mean I share a lot about our family and myself and whatever else with students um I I think I'm open to be like silly and whatever else Mm -hmm. do a tiktok or um just have fun I think um I ask questions I listen Over, over, overall, what do you think that brings to your classroom that isn't going to... Well, I think you the get mil- the... That the militant math teacher is going to be missing, which mm-hmm. and I, I think it's important, you know, like you need, you need to see both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that I, like, making connections with students allows you to have, like, better classroom management. 
for the most part, I think, I mean, you are trying to get students' attention. Usually it's those kids that you have a connection with that are like, hey, she's trying to say something. Everybody needs to be mm-hmm. quiet. At least what I've found. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. And I, I really appreciate, like, the kids that I can joke with, too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, are you working hard or hardly working? And they chirp back, like, hardly working, but we'll get going. Um, I appreciate that. So do you think you're, I mean, if those kids that you have rapport with are kind of stepping up and making the right decisions, I mean, I feel like that's, a, and being leaders, that's a pretty good indication that. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's a positive I think one of the other things that I do that is good is I ask questions when students are, like, visibly upset, visibly, like, something's not quite right and it is a simple like hey are you okay hey do you want to talk do you need a second in the hallway do you need to go walk a lap can I like what do you what's going on do you do you want me to say something to someone or do you want me to send an email to your counselor um and I think sometimes that can be really uncomfortable for teachers to do Mm -hmm. but I also, since I've started working at the school I currently work at, find that there's a lot more students that need those check-ins. And so, yeah, I think that's that's something that I've actually, like, I try to be somewhat, like, thoughtful about doing and, like, really trying to make sure that I check in with students. Do you think you do that based on the culture that's in your school based on professional development? Was that something that in a college course they told you was a good idea? Where do you think that came from? I don't think it was something in a college course or anything like that. I just am gen- like genuinely, genuinely concerned and care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, if I'm super honest, I'm also a nosy person. <laughs> and so part of me wants to know like, hey, what's going on? I want to know the backstory. I want to know, you know, did they break up with boyfriend, girlfriend, because that's going to impact them, you know, in the class for a while. Did they, you know, just fail their math test, it, what, whatever it is. And obviously, if it's bothering them that much, it's going to have some type of impact. What are, you know, I feel like you're pretty good about do the school counselors like meet with you guys on a regular basis or say anything or put out anything or I mean we have like kind of there we like have mental health training that's required and stuff like that at the beginning of the school year I was just thinking I there's certain things that I feel like I need more training on like Hmm. one of them is like what are resources for students who are homeless like Mm -hmm. I don't know and I I wish I knew like so I could be like okay here are your options um, and I guess I, to be honest, and, it, and some of that I think falls on me, but I honestly don't know, like, who provides what for what students. Like, mm-hmm. we have social workers, we have counselors, and I don't really know, like, I got an email a couple of weeks ago that said, like, social workers in our school are only for 
students who are special ed and that like did not make sense to me and felt like I, I feel like I like that was a misread or something because that doesn't make like make sense in my head that social workers would only be for a select few students yeah it's interesting I was kind of thinking <clears throat> like uh, I think you're really good about you know knowing your limit and like when okay you need to go see the school counselor mm-hmm. you know or hey maybe we can talk this out mm-hmm. you know I think that's that's really cool it's interesting I was kind of thinking I don't know I've never I've never well I guess in the one incredibly large organization I worked in which was the Air Force essentially you know there is mental health help mm-hmm. uh, you know I work in a mid small to mid-size uh, small business mm-hmm. and we certainly don't have any readily accessible resources I'd be curious to know it like uh, I have no idea uh, in like a 3M or like a Medtronic if there are those faculties on staff yeah I don't know that would be interesting I, I would be interested in that but um, I mean I've been shy about the mental health help I've gotten in various transitions through my life and it's you know not to turn this into a mental health PSA but no I've actually know, shared that with kn- students knowing now. what those what and I've yeah and the same you know I've connected with staff I've convinced staff members to seek that kind of help mm-hmm. just based on my experience my great experience with it yeah and been able to give good advice on, you know, because a lot, I, I've gotten a lot of times, like, I, I tried that and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, some advice I got when I was trying it was, like, make sure you connect with the person you're talking to and go through people till you find one. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, I could print a whole different podcast on mental health. That's kind of where some of this has gone, but it's, yeah. it, it's interesting to... You guys have that resource. I'd be curious, you know, school to school, district to district, what, you know, I know those are probably pretty thin resources. And, but, incur- you know, really encouraging them and connecting personally to get kids to those resources and use them and take away some stigma. Yeah, I mean, I have been super intentional about trying to remove the stigma, stigma about mm. mental health. Um, and so there's been a few students that I've shared with, like, oh, well, I've went to a therapist. Have you ever thought about it? Have you mm-hmm. thought about talking to the counselor? And they're like, almost every student that I've told is like, what, really? Mm-hmm. Well, what is it like? What, is, you know, mm-hmm. um, that all stemmed from losing that student last year. That was like a tough, so I'm like, if I can share some of the, like, because I think, a lot of people deal with mental health issues, whether it's big or small, or you just bring a new baby home and don't know how to like mm-hmm. process stuff or whatever it might be. Um, and so I think, I think that part of like if you have somewhat of a relationship with a student, and then you can like remove some of those barriers or um, knock down some of those like false images that they have of of mental health and receiving help I think that's that's a win mm-hmm. well in the title back to kind of where we started I think that's a a grander scope of more big vision you know 
are kids coming into your class just to learn agriculture or what's the bigger picture here yeah i want them to leave being good human beings <laughs> yeah you know so facilitating things like that is knowing your ability you know as i read through like general psychology things and just like really basic stuff i'm i'm surprised how advanced like even some basic psychological understanding feels yeah like almost like it's outside the reach of like people not interested in psychology you know, yeah it, as i dig into like what's considered just like psychology 101 if you will it's amazing how like little psychological best practice there is available to people yeah you know and just kind of mental hygiene in general Take mental it. hygiene you like that i just came up with that <laughs> all on my own I yeah heard, i'm sure i heard it somewhere i'm sure you did too but it's all kind of yeah i continue i really like to i like to continue to make these it's it's funny how similar what these kids are going through and things you're yeah. doing with them relate to once they're in the workforce so. well and i mean another thing we have on our fridge right now a magnet for a save the date for two of my students that like met in one of my classes and mm-hmm. i had a really good connection with them um and i think about my time in sock rapids and I was eating breakfast at some of their houses and dinner and, you know, mm-hmm. like you get, you're going to county fairs with families and you get to know like the whole family. And then that's a whole different ball game that, you know, a lot of agriculture teachers are dealing with. So, yeah. No, and I think that brings it full circle about, I really think that brings it full circle about making those connections and, challenging yourself to figure out that dichotomy of not closing yourself off and not making yourself too open but establishing yourself as someone they can trust and rely on and yeah. and those connections moving forward I mean you still talk to Bob Marzoff multiple times like, multiple uh, times yeah. a year yeah you know yeah. it's probably fair mm-hmm. um, he just messaged me yeah I mean Eve. if you can <laughs> If you can truly fulfill that role of mentor, I mean, mentor is a tough role. Mm-hmm. Mentor is a tough role. Being teachers, being a teacher is hard enough. Yeah. Being a mentor is a whole nother step, and and it certainly has a whole new complexity of challenges. And if you can facilitate that, I think that's a win for that bigger vision. That, yeah, that bigger goal. Uh, I think that will still be that guiding light to represent you in the in the way you want to be most healthy for both parties. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think it's kind of worth it's kind of where the risk becomes worth it mm-hmm. to open your. You know, we're not talking about any kind of blurring the healthy boundaries here. We're just talking about. Well, it's effort to open yourself up and make yourself available to other humans, yeah. especially hormonally imbalanced little humans. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> little humans, children. They're children. Yeah, they're children. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I think so. 
I feel better. That was like a little therapy session right now. <laughs> <laughs> therapy thoughts. Well, it's important to remember that most of us really do process information out loud and you don't have someone that you can talk to out loud about and that are willing to hear you out and stumble and stammer and put your thoughts together you should find someone that will let you do that i feel like i should do an ad for marco polo right now for marco polo. <laughs> if you are um 28 if you're plus. 30 years old <laughs> and don't use snapchat <laughs> friends are relatively distant You'd like to send a message to them. Ranting, raving, and venting. Use Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Record a video message. Any length you'd like. <laughs> it's a little free, free adverse there. Yeah. That's good. Well, should we wrap it up here? Certainly. I'm getting a little tired. Friday night. We are, like, snowed in. Um, we got some snow outside. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to look at it. Yeah. It's just seems like a lot of work yeah. so we already know our our mentors our people who have the most influence on us do you want to change up your 40 nugget um answer from last time for your favorite meal no do you want to do a different favorite I'm meal i'm not ashamed <laughs> okay um and then three simple joys do you have different ones from last time no you don't it's only been like a week I know, but we like said that there's so many things that we can think of. You want me just off the top of my head, three simple joys? I'll do a couple. Um, <laughs> taking our kids sledding because they are daredevils. <coughs> you got a baby waking up? No. Oh, I heard a baby waking up. I love watching them sled because they're daredevils and crazy. Um having a one-and-a-half-year-old that literally lays down in her stomach, puts her head down, and slides down the hill is awesome. Um, teaching Will how to skate is has been really fun, too. Um, and just, like, I don't know, seeing how proud he is afterward is really cool. Um, one more. really enjoy hanging out with you at night like this and recording stuff mm. and that might be one I might add to my simple joys list yeah I'll double down on that take the easy way out <laughs> you know finding creative ways to spend time together with your spouse or significant other is mandatory mm-hmm. like if That's you good. think you're just gonna time is just gonna fall into your lap to spend time with one another Good luck. That ain't it. That ain't it. Uh, I had a good one, and I forgot it. Ooh, bum skis. Um, simple pleasure. I mean, I mean, I feel like you're kind of putting me on the spot. I didn't think we were gonna do this again because we did it. I know it was kind of fun. Um, I don't good fitting pair of new jeans oh yeah you just that. got some huh bring it back to black jeans black banana republics 
shout out to all the 30 year old dads out there. <laughs> you want to look real fresh. <laughs> Get yourself a squat rack. Yeah, that's probably another one of your simple joys. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Home gym. There you go. Oh, I want to add getting, one more. Getting yoked. I've only worked out twice in the morning, but working out in the morning is seriously so amazing and if a simple joy. If you're a person, follow me. your circadian rhythm. Yeah. Working out for and me. And TikToks. Working out for me in the morning makes me want to vomit on myself. TikToks. Working out at happen. 10 o'clock at night, uh, that is it. That's disgusting. All right, friends. I hope you have a great rest of the week and a fabulous weekend whenever you're listening to this. You can catch me on Instagram at um, Mrs. Wedger or you can email me eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. Bye-bye, everybody. You just finished listening to Ag with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama at two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you, yeah you, <laughs> Want to be a guest? You can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye bye, everybody.